1116 SEN, The Four Diego's. G'day, Migos, and welcome to The Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you in the house tonight is Vinnie Venezuela, Warren Diego, and Carlos Alberto Diego. Good show by Fani, as always, and the GBU crew always. Great listening just before the Diego's every Wednesday night. Boys, it's been a big week. Yes, uh, Rodrigo, can I just uh, go off on a bit of a tangent there? Hearing uh, the great one's voice, uh, Elvis Presley, uh, talking about <laughs> Littlest Conversation, I, I saw a great uh, clip on social media of uh, the big guy doing um, Un- Unchained Melody, uh, the, the cover, and gee, he was looking horrible. He was looking like he was going to just drop dead there. Yeah. As he was singing, and he had a guy, because he was doing it at the piano, it was live in concert, Elvis in the 70s or something, and, and he looked like death warmed up. He, he wasn't looking healthy at all, but then he just belted it out. It was uh, a thing of beauty. Yeah. It was a yeah. thing. Of, I wept, Rodrigo. Well, you know, I mean, the, the guy was a talent, so even in his final final, <laughs> final hours. <he laughs> it's was, a, that's an understatement. Yeah. He was a talent. <laughs> well, Elvis know, Presley could, was a talent. But he could do it, you know, at, at a moment's notice. He could. <laughs> he could. He, was, he, was he the Maradona? Was he the Palais? Have you been introduced was he... yet? Yes, I have been introduced. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Carlos Alberto Diego. He's yeah, been introduced, has he? Yes. Uh, he's, a, this could be the hot topic. Carlos, he was, like he we... was at war with himself, whether he was Maradona yeah, or hang Palais. On, hang on, he hang was, on. This he... could be the hot... Vinny, I know you had a fantastic hot topic, and we'll give people the choice, right? Was, Palais, was Elvis Presley <laughs> the Palais, the Maradona, the De Stefano... The Ferenc Pushkas, or was he merely the Messi, or I don't know, the Joey Barton? What, of, if the Schwarzer, yeah, the it, very, 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 was very, it, very, was very, any very of those good. of music? Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. That is the virtual hot topic tonight. That that's uh, that's that's B. And Vinny, B. What's the A hot topic tonight? Uh, the A hot topic is off off the back of the uh, the special one coming out and saying that uh, Diego Costa is not normal. Yes, he's he scoring isn't. for fun, yeah, yeah. and it's not normal that he's scoring so many so easily, uh, so quickly, and because it's not normal. The other, the, the A hot topic is, who else in world football do you think is not normal? <laughs> it's that simple. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, 0433 Yeah, well, thanks for the opportunity of coming on, Carl. Um, boys, I was actually waiting to be introduced, Rodrigo, because we had a lesson before the show. Is about... your voice going to break tonight? Yeah, no, it probably will. <laughs> I wasn't here last week. Warren's so. a 14-year-old boy just <laughs> reaching pu- puberty tonight. I was specifically told that the introductions were about introducing people before moving on to the next thing. You're in the yellow Elvis card. Presley died on the toilet, didn't he? He's oh. definitely the Diego Maradona <laughs> of, of music, music, of rock there's and roll. No, there's no doubt about yeah. that, I would say. Was it, is it, is it rock, or, rock and roll? Is it uh, you know, the spiritual music, what do they call it? The um, Gospel. Gospel music. Uh, do we want to be that specific? No. 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 Okay. Hey, we've got a big show tonight. Uh, Mike McGrath coming up a little bit later on, and uh, we'll talk about the FFA Cup, but there was a uh, semi-final tonight uh, in the Asian Champions League. FC Seoul and Western Sydney Wanderers played out a nil-all. Are they our heroes, Western Sydney Wanderers? Are we claiming them? Yes, That's a, that's a terrific result over there in, in Korea, which is almost Mars, playing over in Mars. Nil-all draw, first leg. I know it's effectively only half-time of it of the of the you know the two ties the two legs that it's a two-legged affair mm. but back right? at home oh back at home on home soil I, i'm giving license to the red and black brigade or whatever they called the rbb to do anything they want to put the koreans <laughs> off anything i'd allow flares 
No, well, I won't. No, no, I won't allow players. No, We've done so well to just curb all no, of that no, chaos. Can't go backwards. We've we got to tell the Canberians that too, by the way. Are the Western Sydney Wanderers one of the hardest teams to beat in world football away from home? Because they just do not get broken down. I don't know what he does. And really, if you look at the team that's playing at the moment, mm. there are a bunch of no-names, really. I mean, there's no Sinjiono or, you know, they've got Vic, Victor Samba or whatever his name Sava. is. Sava. He's not much chop. He's got a. He played in Italy last year. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't know that because no, he didn't no, play in England. I am. I'm a little bit more aware. Do you know of, where Italy is? Yeah, no, I'm a little bit more aware. But they're a hard team to beat. They played Mark Bridge as a single prong tonight. Yep. No, you they know? had Haliti up there too. Yeah, but. They, they didn't have your mate uh, Tommy Urich. No, he was the, suspended. Yes, uh, you mean Mark Viduka. Yeah. Mark Viduka, Tommy yeah, Urich. Yeah, but and Brendan Sambalad didn't play either. No, but. The, Aren't they a hard team to beat? Of course. I don't know what they do. Yeah, you don't go deep into the Asian Champions League uh, competition without... Uh, they could win this thing. Of course they can. Because we've heard that the other semi-final is between two teams from the Emirates, you know, from Saudi Arabia. Middle East. So they they yep. don't travel. Those teams don't travel. <laughs> Western Sydney Wanderers get through this game, they'll win the thing. No, it'd be I'm awesome telling you. a fantastic result. So, um, yeah, they come back to... Uh, to Parramatta Stadium uh, next week, it's, um, I think. So, yeah, looking forward to that one and seeing what happens. Uh, a couple of uh, text messages, Carlos. I like the one Brad from Bendigo. Yeah, Elvis was the Neil Ruddock of the music in <laughs> music sure world. sure about that, yeah. And um, Hawkeye uh, says uh, he was the George Best. Uh, the right. so yes, that, that, that's a yeah. good one. But he wasn't. He didn't like to drink, did he? Oh, I think he, Elvis. He, liked to, uh, he, he, he actually replaced the drinking with the eating. The jelly sandwich, jelly and pe- peanut, peanut butter sandwich. and jelly yeah, sandwich. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's uh, let's talk about the FFA Cup because uh, that was good. It was on television last night. Uh, the Melbourne Victory and Tuggeranong United game, where Victory defeated the Canberrans six uh, nil. Bessart Barisha it was, scores a hat trick. It was quite close for a while there. Um, Two minutes after kickoff, that was tight, and then um, yeah. the wheels fell off, and uh, victory dominated. As they, if they hadn't dominated the way they did, you'd be upset, really. But there was no pluck at all, was there, with the uh, the the Canberra team at all? Tuggering no. on, they just they they didn't string two passes together. In fact, they were starstruck, and I thought that was a real waste to have them on last night because they were the live game, and uh, and as much as we talk about the romance and the the giant killing. You know, performances of some of these teams. They were, they were hopeless last night, that, that Canberra side. And I know they're, they're, you know, a number of different levels below the A League, but Fennickham, it's a one off. Sudden death. Have a go, Have son. a go. Yes. Have a go. Don't, you know, don't be scared. Have a go. Kick people. You know, actually, when they brought the kid on who is the long throw specialist. Still at school. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he could throw it a long way, that kid. He could. Uh, but still, I just thought it was a, it was a bit of a disappointment last night because, the uh, you know the amateur side didn't really have a crack. Did they also have players out because they had exams on, or was yeah. it? Yeah. So no, uh, I think no. I think Bentley, oh, Bentley. travelled travelled to Sydney uh, without two of their good young players because they had exams on the next day. Speaking of that, Sydney Olympic lost to Bentley Greens two one. That's a great win by Bentley Greens over there in enemy territory. So well done to those those boys. Um, and, and to be they, fair, the Sydney Olympic they had their grand final. The New South Wales Grand Final, forty-eight hours beforehand. Yeah, well, and it's uh, you know the amateurs. It's difficult for them to recover two days later. Can I just say the Tuggeranong game? How how heartening was it to see 
uh, all those people at a local game, though. 5,000. I was happy. Mm. I, I know we, I take your point about there, there was probably better games to, to, to watch, but the idea of that small stadium filled to the brim with just people standing because it's not an official yeah. stadium was terrific. It yeah, was. Hats off to it, to all those people yeah, out there. Except good. for the guy who threw the um, firecracker. And I did like Simon Hill's little whack that, Oh, I'm sure your mum's going to be proud of you. He really hated it, didn't he? He did. Yeah. By the way, I hate it too. But, yeah, I, but but why did they show it? I mean, they they had the close up on the guy who was going to take the throw in. We knew something was going on. I thought it was a streaker or something. But Simon decided to say, "There's a flare. We're not going to show it." But the minute he said, "We're not going to show it," the director's gone to it and seen and then the they flare. Had the guys with the sand uh, come out. Why? Why give it anything? Yeah, I why think they have to treat flares like streakers. Yeah. Just don't show them anymore. Yeah. Just and don't even talk it. about it. Don't even talk no, about it. No, I agree. It. So I had no problem when they showed the streakers, but that was just me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's kind of something to look forward to, really. Yeah. That's right. I always get a bit disappointed when they you know, just start bantering a bit like us. Um, yeah, but, but, what I, still... but, I want, but what I want from South Springvale, who've got to play, mm-hmm. uh, I, uh, Bentley Greens, who have already played and they've already shown a little bit of pluck, uh, St. Albans Saints are playing next week against Perth Glory. Yep. I've got to find out by our friends out, out there at St. Albans, where are you playing? You're playing at Churchill Reserve or where are you playing that game? I'd be really interested. Uh, I, I'm telling you guys now, listen to me. This is your pep talk. Do not let yourself down by being starstruck. I want you to kick. I want you to scratch. I want you to have a crack. And I want you to have a real go at these teams. They're only pretty boys. The A-League teams are only pretty boys. Okay. <laughs> They, their DNA, okay. They, they were born with some ability, but you guys deserve to be there. This is your time to shine. One night, one night in your life. This is the greatest night of your night. Light. Do not be starstruck. And you're from St Albans. It, yeah, St Albans. So remember that. Yeah, that's it. St Albans don't lie so down for anyone. Adelaide, Adelaide, the St Albans pub. Absolutely. Yeah. Adelaide City are the team for me, most likely, to go to the fairy tale. Right. Adelaide City. They won again. Scored a really nice goal to win yep. again. They just they score nice goals. They're a yep. good they team. They could play Adelaide United, by the way, yeah, too. Yeah, Damien Morrie coaches yep. them, and they're doing a good job. Yep. I think they're the team most likely yep. in terms of the non-A-League oh, teams. Bentley Greens. Through. I like yep. Bentley Greens under Johnny Anastasiadis, too, by the way. Um, I, I, there's a nice feel about them at the moment. Excellent. So, so um, Adelaide City defeated uh, Brisbane Strikers, uh, Warren, 1-0. And Olympic FC uh, were defeated by Central Coast Mariners 3-1. Thanks to our texter there, Anonymous. Uh, it's at the Knights Summer Street Stadium, Excellent. Melbourne Knights Stadium. Fantastic. So that's, um, that's St Albans Saints and uh, Perth Glory. So that, Next that's, Tuesday uh, night. That's going to be good. It'll be great. No, I have to get to Make that. sure you get there. Yeah, I know. Get a packed stadium there. to be awesome. So... Uh, so it's uh, next week. Hey, um, so that was excellent. What about D- David Gallup? Let's talk. Let's move on now and uh, yeah. talk about the state of the uh, state of the game or the state of the union. Yeah, I call it the state of the union address yeah. tomorrow. And God bless the United States <laughs> of America. Yeah. Um, so, look, David Gallup is going to address us, uh, you know, and basically tell us uh, he's what, what he's what his platform is going to be uh, going forward and what we should be doing. Um, you know, to make sure this game continues uh, on its upward trajectory. Uh, you looking forward to this, Carlos? Well, I'd like to throw it open to the boys. If you were doing a State of the Union address tomorrow, which is a vision for the next 12 yes. months, what three things would you be addressing tomorrow to tell the punters out there that we're in control, we're going to focus on these three things, 
then we'll compare it to what uh, David Gallup's going to, I mean, supposedly going to say tomorrow. Well, you can start showing the streakers for one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> That'll know, get me back on that's board. That's number one. Yeah. <laughs> Show the streakers. Um, look, I think uh, the fact that there has been a bit of a divide between A-League and what it evolved from cool. and that, the you know, the doors, there's got to be pathways. And, and I think that... Uh, Gallup has alluded to the fact that the grassroots is where it all begins and they do a lot of the development begins there. And I think he's, it, it's time to acknowledge the contributions that people from old soccer, I don't know what you want to call it, the old NSL or the, the other clubs, yeah, the but grassroots we, clubs. But we're, we're old soccer. Yes. What, and you're a coach? Of a of a junior team, I was. Yeah, okay, you were. Until he was sacked. Did you get sacked? Yeah, did you? But, yeah but you used to run around with the galoshes, you know, on on muddy pitches and coach young kiddies. You now go and watch your young daughters play, right? So you're the grassroots. You're, yes. and we're sort of we're old soccer, also, if you want to use that term. Um, do you think? What, I mean, what what can the FFFA do? To reconnect, I mean, we're already connected, but people like yourself who have felt disaffected since the start of the A-League, how can they sincerely uh, and genuinely connect you to the A-League? Because that's been a big problem, really, since the start of the A-League. And that's actually in number one, his number one point mm. um, as well, Vinny. So you've, uh, you've tapped into that straight away because that's, uh, that's one of David Gallup's platforms for, for this year. Could make it cheaper. Well, that's a, that's a huge issue. Yeah, absolutely. I hear from people all the time about the cost of your kids playing football. Now, I don't know about other sports. Now, Warren, you know about uh, other sports? No, I, Are these look, expensive playing other sports? I will tell you the cost of playing soccer, football, in Victoria is certainly more expensive than netball. So... For girls, if you're talking cost, it's certainly more expensive playing... A lot more? A lot more. We're yep. talking multiple hundreds mm. for Jeez. soccer, and we're talking around 100, 110 or so for netball, and that includes, that's multiple seasons, like 100 per season, but you're going half the year. So soccer's more expensive. I think, um, I don't know, I think facilities have improved significantly around, particularly where I live in the outer western area of Melbourne, facilities have improved remarkably and, and I think the quality of coaching's improved. I mean, my my points for David Gallup, I think we need, as much as this, there's a feeling of changing the guard about the Socceroos, I think, you know, making the Socceroos the best we possibly can. I think the, I don't think the A-League can grow without the Socceroos being the very best you can and I know that's hard because you can't, draft players into the Socceroos and you can't make them better all of a sudden. But I, I think um, I think that's the thing. I, I, think, um, I think pathways for players is another thing for me. I'm wondering if we don't lose or we don't get the best quality of our players from the ages of 23 to maybe, no, 19 to 23, because somehow the pathway from A-League to overseas, they get lost. Do they ever get recover? I don't know what you can do about that. But And for me... I know that you can't grow the game too quickly, but a plan, I think ultimately we need a few more teams. You know, the derby games, particularly the, the F3 derbies, the Sydney derbies, even the Melbourne derbies, sometimes they're not as exciting as what they otherwise would be because there's so many of them. If we had a pathway to a few more teams, is it possible for a team to go to Canberra? No. Is it possible no. for a team to go to Tasmania? No. Well, <laughs> so who, where else do you want to put them? 
North Queensland? No. We've I've tried I, that. I can't believe they went to North Queensland before they looked at Canberra, for instance. What, what would you... I, with all due respect, I know we've got some Tassie listeners. I know some uh, They got 5,000 last night, Carlos. Yeah, okay. But that was a, that was a circus game. That was a, that was a toy game. Um, and there was a little bit of, uh, I suppose, uh, you know, you've got your local club playing uh, some big names. You know, you've got Archie Thompson coming in. You've got Barisha coming in. And it was almost a bit of a novelty. But would they get, by the way, 5,000 is not enough. They're going to have to get 15,000 to impress me. So any of these these But if centers... we can't grow the game beyond the number of teams that we currently have, if there's no growth, I actually think you're going backwards. It's but, almost like... But where do you go? Okay. I don't know. Where do you go? When you say grow the game, you mean getting some more A-League Yeah, clubs. I think over time, but, yes. But surely, I'm sure that the, 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 the long-term strategy would be to have a tiered uh, league at some point. Now, that, that's going to be... You mean first division, second division? Yeah. Well, he's mentioned somewhere, that. Somewhere down the track, that, that's what they, they, they would want. We're, we're 20 years away. Yeah, yeah, by the, long, by the way, 20 years if we do everything right mm. between now and, you know... But that would be the goal. You, and, you, you'd want a relegation fight. So you absolutely. want to be busy at the top absolutely. end and busy at the bottom end. Absolutely, so that, yes. So, and, so yeah. sorry, in terms of healing and, and getting old soccer back on board, I, I wonder... There are obviously clubs out there that that could make a fist of it if if they had the opportunity. But not you know? right now, Vinny. I mean, the, what we're talking about is the likes of South Melbourne, Melbourne yep. Knights, Sydney Olympic. Mm. Uh, there's other teams up in Sydney Adelaide too, City. Adelaide City. These sort of clubs. There is no way, no way right now that they can, even if they had the big benefactors coming in and poured millions and millions of dollars in those clubs. There's no way that they can bring the twenty thousand that you need on a regular, you know, diverse mm. twenty thousand people uh, run on the marketing model that's out there right now. There's no way that they could do that in a sustainable way quickly. They need to actually almost change their their whole thing until they can do that. Now, there's people out there at South Melbourne, Melbourne Knights, and say that's garbage because we'll get that 20,000 if we were in the A-League. They may well do that. But right now, with facilities and the way things are, they're, they're miles away from that. And they need to actually prove that before. That's why I'm saying if they, if you're saying go to Tassie or go to Canberra, the only way they're going to get my attention in those places is if they can guarantee twelve to 15,000 people every game. Then they've got a market to, to do what they need to do. See, what you say, Carlos, actually goes against some principles. If you've actually been down to the new Lakeside Oval and you've had a look, and I'm not sure how many people that stadium can fill. I was there for an Athletics Carnival on Monday. It's probably the most well-appointed five to 7,000-seat stadium that you possibly can. Now, the NBL, the Melbourne Tigers, worked on a model of the the State Netball and Hockey Centre. They sold it out at 3,500, 4,500 people, got a big atmosphere, lots of people. It was a good business model because overheads were low, they packed it out, they sold the boxes, lots of sponsorship. Now, I'm not sure, I've got nothing, no idea about maths or business-minded stuff, but if you pitch yourself as a niche club that gets 7,500 loyal fans to every game that you play in a seat in a stadium like that, I reckon the maths is good, and I also reckon where, that the where, atmosphere where, is good. Hang on, where are you going to get a stadium like that, number one? Lakeside and Oval is a perfect example. That's, the, the, it's not, it's, that's, that, unfortunately, even the way it's been renovated, it looks fantastic and stuff like that, but for TV, uh, to get that sort of atmosphere that you'd get at Amy Park, 
at uh, at West Sydney Wanderers Ground, uh, Parramatta Stadium. Uh, you know, even Hindmarsh, you can never get that at Lakeside. So as not such, with the running track around that. But I agree with Finney, and as such, the connection of old football and new football, there needs to be some explanation about are those clubs that back in the A League were able to draw fans and were able to bring support. Are they ever going to be able to be considered to be part of the national competition going forward into future not, years? Not Is it in, possible? Not, not in the model, right? Not in the model they're built on right now, uh, because there's even an edict that came out during the World Cup. It was well hidden, uh, where David Gallup said that no team, no new team, by the way, existing teams can stay the way they are. No new team can built on be, be built on ethnic foundations or ethnic lines. Okay, and we've still got to believe. Uh, South Melbourne would be regarded as still a, a Greek yep. a club for a Greek community. Melbourne Knights is still a club for Croatian community. Even though if you go to the juniors there, there's a cross-section of kids there, which is great, fantastic. But unfortunately, the perception is that they're still representing those communities. And there's no way, whether officially or unofficially, formally or informally, will the FFA ever allow those clubs in the way they are. Now, in 20 years' time... When the next generation of people have come through and they want to grab those clubs and uh, and really you know use their history, use what their you know the pedigree and everything they've done in the game to uh, to take the club forward and really become an inclusive, open you know a club that uh, welcomes everyone to it. Uh, that uh, I think promotion relegation is something that's really important in our league, but we can't do it until we have viable clubs that can come in and be. You know, clubs that can replace other clubs that get dropped out. I think it's very interesting. I think the FFA Cup is 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 opening up a new door, or is opening up a door that we knew was there. But I think it's going to make us take a fresh look at the clubs that are out there because I. I suspect that what will happen in the next 10 years with those clubs, that their supporter base is going to evolve because it needs to anyway, because as you say, their cross-section, they are drawing from a broader cross-section uh, to get the bums on seats, as it were, and therefore their committees are going to be evolving and drawing from different uh, people who just are happy to put their hand up and, and yeah. do the job. So I think that uh, the next 10 years... On that, on that old soccer landscape are also going to be, uh, worth keeping an eye on. Yep. Absolutely. I, I agree. I think the FFA Cup's a really well placed vehicle to connect, um, the old. But is it enough for the old, so called old soccer? It's a start, Carlos, because let's face it, what we've been saying here, I mean, consolidation has to be the key for the A League, FFA, in the next couple of years. They need to make some money. And the next TV rights are going to be absolutely critical. Keep building the 10 teams you've got now. Make them really, really household names. You know, yeah. Make sure the Socceroos are solid, all of that stuff. But, but well, I suppose I know you've got to go to a break, Rodrigo, yeah. but really quickly, one of the things he's going to talk about in his State of the Union address tomorrow, State of the Union, <laughs> State of the Game. State of the Game. Um, reunifying the top tier to the grassroots. Yep. Now, the problem with what you're talking about there is that that's all words. Unless they do it in a meaningful way, and at the moment the only thing they're offering is the FFA Cup. In fact, if you win the National Premier League uh, competition, which South Melbourne's in at the moment, which will be finished in a couple of weeks' time, the winner of that goes automatically into the round of 32 next year, which is a fantastic reward. But is that enough to appease the so-called old soccer oh, Absolutely. People? That, that yeah. needs to happen in the background. That needs to happen, Carlos. But what I'm saying is that the focus really has to be, well, one of, one of the focuses has to be to make money. 
and I, mm. and I know that he's going to talk about that. But um, but to me, that that is the most that is that is a really critical. It's a stabilising thing. So then then you can actually put in place some serious programs to connect both the old and the new. Anyway, but I was going to say that letting those people go card. up. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Rodrigo. But but letting a team like South Melbourne Terrific. qualify for the FFA Cup. They've got the world to prove. They they want mm. to prove the A League wrong and that they should be in the A League. So that I, I so that's a very bold and courageous gesture uh, by Gallup, and I think that's that's going to be good for the game. Mm. Okay, let's take this is an interesting topic. We talk about mm. this for two hours. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's after this on eleven sixteen SEN Melbourne's home of sport. <laughs> On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Yes, we're here on a Wednesday night, and uh, as we always are, it's uh, been a big show here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Uh, getting some really good uh, text messages. Uh, it's uh, not enough to put your hand up. Uh, you've got to go and put your hand in your pocket. Uh, there's Anonymous. That'll help with the money it's, argument. Oh, okay, the money yeah, argument. Yeah, okay. um, well, we were talking about, uh, obviously, the state of the game that yeah. uh, David Gallup's going to do tomorrow, and, and one of them was the, you know, one of the things that we talked about and he'll probably talk about is unifying the old and the new. And uh, you know, there's been some programs starting to put in place, but um, but uh, some of our listeners have uh, come in. Janine in a Reservoir, Melbourne Storm created a great atmosphere when they were out at Olympic Park and they had a track around the ground. Yeah, uh, that's, that's in uh, it, reference it, to your. But it's not compared. It, it can't. With the all Melbourne due respect Storm to Janine, model as it applies in Victoria is the perfect model. But their their atmosphere is better at Amy Park than what it is around the old Olympic Park. I and would say that Melbourne Storm fans would disagree with you about that. They would have. They love the old. Well, Olympic I didn't Park. go. To, I think I went to one Melbourne Storm game, so I can't really speak with authority on that. But I know I went to victory games at Olympic Park, and I've gone to victory games at Amy Park. And for me, Amy Park's, you know. Head and shoulders above the atmosphere at Olympic Park. Oh, it's a beautiful stadium. Mm. Uh, Diego's, AFL can't make Tassie and Canberra work re-expansion. Uh, there's no way the A-League can do it. That's Muffy. Uh, just very quietly, Muffy. I, I, I agree I agree partially with Muffy, but just very quietly, if the AFL threw as much money at a team in Tassie as what they've thrown at the Greater Western Sydney, they could make it work. Mm. It's, it's making it work is about initially yeah. subsidising a team for a period of time. There's no doubt about it. No doubt. I mean, you throw as much money at a team in Hobart based out of Blundstone Arena, which will be 24,000 people, which is more than what they have. At, and I, I know I'm talking Aussie rules here, but it depends <laughs> it's, on the it's, amount it's of money you're prepared to all about to throw. growing the game. It's, and it's, it's, it's about, about growing the game. There is a, a parameter around Tassie, and I think they call it water, right, that's, that restricts the growth of the game and the population in that area. The reason why they invest in uh, Greater Western Sydney and West Sydney Wanderers, it's a growth area. There's, there's, it's almost, I mean, it's, it just go, it's, it's, it's infinite where you can go in those regions. Yes, but uh, the idea too is to tap into, you know, to build the desire for the product, and so. While there is water surrounding Tasmania, it's good you noticed, Carlos. <laughs> there'd also be a, a fair few people there that might be interested in going mm. to see well, I mean, a football for game. Me, for me, there's no, oh, look, game. Tassie is probably an option these days because where else are you going to take it? You know, you can't put a second team in, in South Australia. I don't think you can put another There's a parameter there. around Western Australia called the Simpson Desert that seems <laughs> not to worry people either in terms of actually... <laughs> Following the but, game you know, over there. The other interesting thing, you know, Birdsville Wednesday. We you, you look at uh, <laughs> you know you look at Melbourne City, aka Melbourne Heart, and 
you know, they haven't actually set the world on fire in terms of bums on seats yet. Now they're hoping to, and they they they'd be the first ones to tell you we need to up the ante there. So mm. in terms of getting more than or consistently more than you know ten thousand, that that's got to be one of their projected aims for the season as well. So everyone's still in the same boat. Absolutely. As I said before the break, we could talk about this for two hours. But uh, it's time to go to the UK now and catch up with our man on the ground there at, uh, in England, uh, Mike McGrath. Is he normal? He, well, <laughs> well, maybe you can ask him. Uh, yeah. Mike, welcome to the show. Yeah, not quite, guys. I'm actually just over in, in Germany oh. um, for the uh, Man City game tonight. So... Uh, I'm a, a couple of hours flight away from the UK. Oh, there you go. Have, um, you, have you dropped into the Hopfra house yet? <laughs> have you had your Stein for <laughs> breakfast there at the Hopfra house? <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, Lufthansa's uh, got no um, got no bratwurst uh, or beer on uh, stocked up, so that'll have to come after the match. Yes, excellent, Mike. Welcome to the show, Rodrigo, Vinny, Warren. And Carlos, we're all in the house tonight, so uh, I'd love to be over there with you, actually. It'd be very nice to... Mike, do they have... What do they have? I mean, in Australia, the media box has party pies. What do they have in Germany for, for, the, oh, well, for the media? I was lucky enough, I was, I was lucky enough to, do the, um, to do the United game last year when, um, obviously, uh, Patrice Everest scored a great goal for United, but ultimately they, uh, they were outclassed. And the, the, the food service is really... Um, Really first class, actually. Quite a big buffet and um, an open bar as well, serving kind of blonde, um, blonde <laughs> beers, which obviously you've got to be very professional about and make sure all the work's done before you get tucked into those. Well, Mike, I, I, yeah, I'm just going to let our listeners in. When I was over the UK once and, and Mike took me into the media box or the media centre there at White Hart Lane, they had shepherd's pie oh, for, uh, for the media. Mike, remember that? <laughs> I do, yeah. They treat you well at Spurs, um, and uh, yeah, that, that's um, that's part of the course now at, at most uh, Premier League games. There's no complaints. Uh, you normally get a decent decent feed uh, to keep you happy. <laughs> Very nice. Hey, uh, Mike, uh, Rio Ferdinand's uh, just published his book, and uh, he hasn't missed, has he? He hasn't uh, missed David Moyes. What, what did he say? He said. Um, Something like... Uh, he was hopeless. His innovations <laughs> mostly led to negativity and confusion. Was that a cheap... I mean, and he said a whole lot worse than that. Was that was this a cheap shot and undignified by um, by Rio Ferdinand? I think it's probably accurate to kind of what was going on last year because I know not not only just because it's serialised in the sun and it's, um, it's, you know, it's a very explosive book, but it kind of ties up with what we were hearing last year that Moyes did fall out with the players over certain techniques he was using. Um, it's just obviously extremely detailed and um, you know puts a lot of flesh on the bone in terms of what happened last year. And of course, you know Rio paid the price. Really, I mean Harry Redknapp said at QPR that he was, you know, Rio was fit for most of last season. So it was obviously a case of um, Moyes and Rio weren't really on the on the same page. Um, and, and and Rio ended up going. Um, you know, I think fortunately United you know recognised uh, what he'd done. And on Sunday at Old Trafford, he got a really fantastic reception and a, and a presentation from uh, club officials before the game. Now, Mike, I, there's nothing better than a coach sacking early in the season. And um, I'm just wondering what Alan Pardew has got of Mike Ashley. Are there photos that he's got? Because just very quietly. <laughs> If we look at Pardew's record over the last 25 games at Newcastle since the, 
they're headbutting, and it's probably not quite 25 games. But there's not there's not one bit of evidence that you could have that would support him staying at that club. Yet Mike Ashley comes out and says he's got the full support of the board. What's going to happen at Newcastle? And to me, this is just finding themselves well and truly in that relegation battle for long periods of the season if they actually don't do something about it. Well, I think what Alan Pardew does have is an eight-year contract, which uh, the end is not really in sight yet. So it would be a huge payoff. But I think on the other hand, you'd say that it probably wouldn't be about money because he probably would have gone by now already. Or, um, or actually maybe would have even got, got, got rid of him after the, the headbutt where he, he could have been sacked for, um, gross misconduct without any payoff. So it's a real strange one in terms of him still being there with so much vitriol towards him. Um, that, that's my destination actually on Saturday, uh, St. James's Park. And I think for your, your question was, you know, what, what can you expect? I think it's just going to be, um, probably the the most um, kind of uh, hatred towards a manager probably since uh, Steve Keane was at, at Blackburn. Um, it's really going to be quite a poisonous atmosphere. That's what we're in- anticipating anyway. Um, and another defeat against uh, the guy, Steve Bruce, who you know, has been touted for the job. It just might be uh, that, that step too far for Pardew. Now, Mike, uh, I watched uh, Barcelona play Man City uh, <laughs> on the weekend. It was a beautiful thing. They were just moving that ball around. They didn't want to go long balls. They they, they, they got through the tight areas to score their, their very neat uh, clinical finishes. But 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 in amongst all of that, uh, Ertzel was copying it from uh, the commentators and uh, looked like he'd lost a yard, you know, as, as the time ticked on. And obviously the Champions League game uh, yesterday didn't go well for, for the Gunners. Is he the man most under pressure in that squad at the moment? Sorry, is that Mario? Sorry, it just broke up there a bit. Who, who, who being under pressure, sorry? Erzl. Mesut Erzl. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's straight, you know, he's the number 10, really, is what we thought of him at at Real Madrid and uh, you know, before that when he played in Germany. Yeah, he seems to be kind of shunted out to the left quite a lot. So it's, uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a £40 million player who we just haven't seen the best of. And it's really, you know, you're asking somebody to do a job on the wing. I, don't, I really don't think Mesut Ozil is the, is the type of player that's going to, you know, turn around and start chasing balls back. And, and that is, you know, one of the criticisms of of him, but you know, if you're not going to play him in his right position, then perhaps it's time to drop him. Uh, he, I mean, he's been a massive letdown since those first couple of games where he's shone, um, and I just think, you know, it, I think Benger as well should show that he's not so stubborn and maybe just give him a breather and say, you know, you are droppable um, because it's just, I, I think there's a lot of good things going on in that um, Arsenal midfield. Jack Wilshere returning to form, um, providing he gets over his knock yesterday. Aaron Ramsey scoring, unfortunately. Um, Ozil's not one of those. Now, Mike, when you see a goal the way Jack Wilshere took it on the weekend after some brilliant interchange of passes uh, in and around the box and his chip over Joe, uh, Joe Hart, uh, then you hear people saying that English players, young English players, have got to go to the continent to, to get that sophistication in their game. 
it just for me it's just contradictory. I mean, that goal there would have been a great goal in any league around the world. And he just seems to be that sort of player. And you've got, I mean, I think England have got that generation of players like that. Why is it that they can do that in a in in a sophisticated way in a game for their club, like Arsenal in this case, uh, but they can't seem to put it together in that fashion for England? Well, I think the real gripe with Wilshire is not that he, you know, he can clearly do that. You know, give the keeper the eyes, produce great finishes. Surging runs from you know from midfield showing showing his power. I think it's the consistency and having that every week. I think that's the frustration with Jack Wilshere and and probably one that he admits himself as well. Um, and I think in terms of uh, in terms of technique, I think it's fine. I think it's just showing it consistently, showing it on uh, the Champions League for you know six group games and then deep into the competition. Um, and obviously Arsenal not not starting very well yesterday. Um, I just think that that's the gripe with Wilshere. It's not the it, it, it's not the technique or the ability which players like he, Ross Barkley, and a few others possess. It, it, it's really getting to show it and getting them to fulfil the potential. Now, Mike, um, a gripe. He breaks Daniel Sturridge down. Raheem Sterling gets played into the ground. Liverpool lose to Aston Villa. Have I got any basis for having a go at Roy Hodgson and the England setup, or is that just something that Liverpool fans are going to have to get used to around the demands of, you know, their players playing for England and playing in Champions League? Where's the where's the truth in that story around Sturridge in particular and, and his injury leading up to well, missing that second England game and then missing subsequent Liverpool games? I mean, clearly Brendan Rodgers wasn't happy. Um, whether it's a legitimate gripe or not, uh, you know, I mean, you, you, you give players to England and you, you have faith in their medical staff, really, and their coaches to treat them correctly. Brendan Rodgers obviously didn't feel that that was done properly. Um, but I just think, you know, you, you're probably going down the road where he might in future... Um, start pulling a few players out if they're carrying something or if he's fearful um, because it really has been a really testing um, kind of four or five days for him. I think Villa kind of exposed how much work needs to be done and also what they're like without the new SAS, which is uh, Sterling and uh, Sterling and Sturridge because without them, until Sterling came on, you know, they, they really didn't create much at all. Um, so, yeah, I think... I'm not sure whether it was a legitimate gripe or not, but um, you know maybe you know Rogers is probably still learning about how to uh, you know ch- maintain a, a Champions League squad and maintain fitness, and maybe that's a lesson, however cynical it is, that he might learn. Hey, Michael, um, just one before we let you go. Um... Is Diego Costa uh, normal? Because his, uh, his, his manager has said that uh, he's not normal. He's too good. So yeah. seven goals. What is it? Seven goals in seven four. in four. I think he said it just like that. Yeah, yeah. He's too good. He's too good. He's, He's not, not normal. normal. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Well, you, <laughs> I mean, you guys probably you, you guys probably follow all the points on the fantasy league as well. And when you see a player get a hamstring injury in the international break, it's normally a sign to you know whip him out your team. And um, but unfortunately, he isn't normal because despite a hamstring injury, he comes on and uh, he, he, he plays. 
superbly and gets a hat trick. So uh, yeah, I, I'd probably have him in abnormal at the moment. Okay. Um, he hasn't played in a game yet where he hasn't scored, which is pretty abnormal. So. Um, I think uh, Jose's probably got that one right. Oh, I reckon he has. Hey, Mike, thanks for your time. Enjoy Germany and enjoy the Bradwurst and the uh, Have a sign on us, mate. Yeah, make sure you do. Uh, <laughs> and we'll catch up with you next week. Cheers, guys. Speak to you soon. There you go. There's Mike McGrath from the UK, but he's in Germany at the moment. So you've got to give Atletico Madrid credit too. They lose Diego Costa. They still beat Real on the weekend, sitting top of... Uh, La Liga. I think they lost in the Champions League last night. They did lose in the Champions League, but they beat uh, Real Madrid. It takes a while for them to start missing him. Yes. (laughs) Hey, let's take a break now because uh, we're running out of time. This is the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. You know what EPL stands for? Every player loaded. To all English Premier League coaches out there, happy coaching. This is the Four Diego's. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Yes, it's, uh, geez, it's gone fast today. Don't forget, after the Diego's All Night Appetite with Darren Parkin and in from 12 till 1 NFL today with Will Batoulis. Uh, Elvis Presley, remember that question earlier in the show? Was Puskas Pele best? Do Stefano ended up being Paul Gascoigne? That's uh, Peter in Cheltenham. Uh, what have you heard about... Um, what Just because I got bored, I got bored listening to Carlos... And I was just playing around Shit. on my apps on my phone. Oh, can you do that? You're like now? a teenager. You are a teenager. Yeah, yeah, while I was on. And the BBC are reporting. And I think the BBC, are, next to the Diego, is probably the most reliable source of news <laughs> in world football. Um, they reckon that Cristiano Manchester United have got the cash yep. to bring him back. Yep. And he's flirting. Yep. Unusual that he's flirting with something. He's got a very but nice uh, girlfriend. I don't know why he's flirting. He's flirting with a move that would bring him back to England. But his wage demands, Carlos, just a yep. couple of dollars short of mine for each of these Diego shows that I do, six hundred and thirty thousand euros, or five hundred. What's that in poons? What's that in Five hundred and one. Now, what's what's yeah, he okay. what's yeah. he stuffing around with the yeah. one? Five hundred and one. Five hundred and one thousand pound. Yeah. Not per annum. Yeah. Per week. But you know, to be fair to him, <laughs> he'll probably go on a Bosman, so there won't be a transfer fee. Yeah. And so that's his cut of what they would have paid for a transfer fee. And he, what, is he still a hundred million pound player? Um, like, yeah, no, I don't he's, think he's dropped value. Yeah, he's probably a hundred no, million pounds. So he saved man you a hundred million pound by, by winding down his contract. On principle, I would reject him just on the, on that <laughs> one. On the one. On the one. Yeah, I, I want you. You're too greedy. That yeah, one. Yeah. That one tips us. Yeah, that's interesting there. Uh, do you reckon Eric Pardaloo's getting that much money at <laughs> Melbourne City? Good pickup, though. Yes. I thought that was a really good pickup, given that uh, Newcastle Jets thought they had him. I've been reading all sorts of things that Newcastle Jets thought they had brought him back from Thailand and uh, and had him in their side. But I think he's a terrific pickup yeah, from Melbourne player. City. As long as, he, as long as he hasn't, no, no, he'll be a defensive midfielder in front of the back four. Uh, as long as he hasn't lost, you know, you lose things when you go to. Asia and you come back. Not many people go to Asia. Can you tell us what those things are, Carlos? You just lose the mojo or something. You don't come back a better player. I don't know one player that comes back from Asia you, after you, making his money over there. You also bring things back, Carlos, but there are ointments they tell me. Beautifully. And the other one, uh, Daniel Georgeski for yes, Melbourne Victory yes. for our fans out there. Just... Make sure that they don't think we're just Melbourne, Melbourne Victory s- fans. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what did I say? Our fans. 
Yeah, sorry, Melbourne Victory fans. And uh, just as long as I don't think we're Melbourne City-centric radio show. And just a retort here, Pele was lucky Elvis didn't eat him. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. On that note, uh, we'll leave the hot topic tonight there, Vinny Venezuela. Thanks uh, for your text messages tonight. Thanks for your... uh, Listenership, as always. Yes. Um, don't forget. Uh, By the Darren way, those people out there, out we've there. got a newsletter news, uh, yes. on the Diego's. Oh, We're just going to start that up uh, for the new season. Get to our website, 4diegos.com. Go to the newsletter section and register for our newsletter. There's a lot of prizes for those people who do. Yeah, 4diegos.com. That's it for this week's show. So remember, Carlos. Remember, well, uh, <laughs> whatever Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll be there. Remember you, Samba Rumba and La Bamba. We'll be there. Whether it goes with fruit on their head and balls of their feet. We'll be there. The Gringos play football. We'll be there. We are the Four Diego. Olé! Olé!